On manipulation and the distribution of emotional responsibility, BG. Sunday, February 19th, 2023. Two years ago tomorrow, I crawled into Etienne's bed. I'd been in quarantine for 10 days. I didn't have COVID anymore, and he'd tested negative. We were free. We stayed in bed for hours. We held each other for the first time after months of anticipation. He was naked under the covers. Pretty soon, so was I. It was pretty fucking delicious. And we went slow. We took our time, floating in a cloud, touching each other, drinking each other in. It was like a romance novel. I was the debutante, or the naughty mistress, or something. I still remember how it felt, walking around his Airbnb, my long legs bare under an oversized t-shirt. I wished I smoked cigarettes. I felt hot. We eventually crawled out from under the warmth of the bed to eat, and finally to take a bit of a walk. Our eyes crinkled from the winter sun shining off the snow. We breathed the fresh air and then hurried back inside. Much, much later, I lounged by his table while he propped himself up in the bed. I had my Princess Aphrodite notebook and was quizzing him on boundaries. What is most important for you in a relationship? Trust. I can't handle it if you lie to me. What is one thing you don't want? He paused, and I felt a throb, turned on simply by the fact that he was taking the question seriously. I don't want stagnancy. I really don't like stagnancy. Like things not changing? Yes, getting into ruts, patterns, letting things rot, go stagnant. I was pretty sure I understood. Rats, I burnt the nuts. I was toasting them per the recipe's instructions for the ten minutes when I was preheating the oven. I think I shouldn't have put them on the top rack, though. I salvaged some of the slightly not black ones. Hopefully they won't ruin the banana bread. I felt myself get triggered with Gail the other day. I watched it happening. A moment prior, we'd been gushing with all the words, smiles, and laughter, our voices bouncing back and forth as we unloaded about the prior months. Then she said that thing, and I felt my body go tight and buzzy, like I'd just stuck my finger into the electrical socket. So this is what fight or flight feels like, I thought, oddly detached from my body and my feelings. She kept talking, unaware. I tried to pay attention, tried to bring back the magic that had been there just seconds before, but I couldn't. Then she brought it up again, and the words came from my mouth as if propelled by some sort of external force. I didn't make a formal decision to speak up. I just did. Gail, look, I'm really triggered right now. Whenever you bring this topic up, it triggers me, and you've done it a lot. Tonight already a few times, but also over the last year. It keeps coming up, but I don't express my feelings or recollections in the matter because they are different from yours, and it eats at me. So I figure we have two options. Either we switch topics and avoid this one entirely, or I get to be able to speak my truth. She nodded, and I took a nervous inhale, ready for us to leave the topic behind. Okay. Why don't you say what you want to say if it will help you not be triggered? Oh, okay. Wow, I was going to be allowed to say what I thought. I took a deep breath. Look, I know how you remember that time, and I know how Richard does, but I do not remember it the same way. I have a very different recollection about that time period when Richard met Pierre, and I know he blames it on you how it all went down, and I see you blaming yourself, taking all the responsibility for everything. But I was there, Gail. I watched the three of you making adult decisions as adults. And I watched Richard, and he was excited. He encouraged it. You never would have done it otherwise. It was his job to communicate his wants and his needs, and he failed to do that. He also failed to look at his insecurities and potential trigger points. He even denied them. 
So then he got triggered. He didn't tell you in the moment that he wasn't okay. He hoped you'd just realize, but you didn't. Okay, fine. Let's give him, give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he was so lost in the heat of the moment that he couldn't speak up. I've been there. Right, that's the thing, nodded Gail. I've been there too, and I wish I could go back and change time and make it better. Right, I said, but when you've been there, when somebody has inadvertently hurt you and you couldn't speak up in the moment, have you continued to harangue them about it for months upon years afterward? No, said Gail. No, I agreed, you don't. You wouldn't. You would talk, you would feel your feelings, you would forgive, and then you would grow from it. Come up with a plan for the next time. Make sure it didn't come again. But you wouldn't hold the grudge forever and make your partner feel like absolute shit. You're right, said Gail, and I felt the butt coming. But the thing is, you have to remember when this happened. It was back when he had just come back from the States, and he wasn't really feeling welcome at home. So he didn't feel like he could speak up, and I get that. And I mean, I am calling him on things. The other day I said, it seems like you're emotionally manipulating me. You get a grudge, but you don't want to admit it, but then you treat me differently. And I'm stuck because there's nothing I can do because you always have the trump cards. And later, a couple of days later, he came back and said he was so sorry that he was going to look at it. He's getting therapy and looking at his childhood trauma. It's been a few days. It was getting harder and harder to contain myself, but I somehow steadied my voice and carried on. It's incredible that you're naming it, I said. Please keep doing it, and it's good that he's admitting to the emotional manipulation. Well, I mean, said Gail, he says he's considering it, and he has been for a few days. I couldn't look at her anymore. I lay on the ground a few feet from her, my eyes toward the ceiling, closed. Gail, I said, wondering if my voice sounded as tremulous as I felt, you are taking on far too much responsibility for things that are ultimately under his control. You would be better off focusing inwards on your wants, needs, and boundaries. But Gail, he hasn't known about this for a couple of days. It's not something he's been considering just this week. He has known about the emotional manipulation for two years and admitted to it. I know because I told him about it two years ago, and he said I was right. Two years he's known, and he could have changed in all this time. But people who are emotional manipulators very rarely change, Gail. They don't want to. They're too comfortable. Looking inward and addressing it would require painful introspection, and that's exactly what they're trying to avoid. So it's good that you're looking at it, because there is no excuse ever for anyone to treat you with disrespect. You deserve to be loved, and loved well. I let out a really long breath, and we were quiet for a long time. Finally, I sat up. Want to watch my entire circus? And we were off, basking in relief at the change of a subject and more opportunities for laughter. I did a really good job compartmentalizing, or so I thought, but I had made a mental note earlier while she was talking, and it came back later to haunt me. I was relieved on the one hand because I had spoken my truth, except about the welcome thing. The reason he didn't feel welcome that summer when he came home is because we were fucking scared of him. We were scared of him. We were scared of him. And now, here he is, two years later, and he's still emotionally punishing her for being scared of him instead of giving him a warm welcome home. I've rarely felt the kind of rage I feel when I watch Richard torture my friend. So I've been sending the Gale thing to the moon all weekend, or trying to, because I keep wanting to send more messages to Gail, and it feels justified. She brought up a trigger point, and literally per our agreement, that means I'm allowed to respond. I didn't respond in the moment, but I could respond on the trigger thread. That's what it's for, after all. But my toxic dynamic with Gail is doing her emotional work for her, just like she does for Richard. It's gotta stop. It's just that I can see her brain fog. I know what the gaslighting is doing to her. 
and I keep thinking if only I could show her she would see it. If I could point out one more hypocrisy, if I could show her one more double standard, if I could name the microaggressions, remind her of the boundaries he's broken, if I could show her how he's making her doubt herself, how she's developed anxiety and pain she didn't used to have because of this, if I could make her remember one more way that he has deeply, deeply hurt her. But there will always be one more thing until she sees. As it got darker, we talked, and I needed the holla. Braided it, set it to rise, put it in the oven. We lit the candles, and I taught her the song, Rise Up, O Flame. I think my voice is getting better. It's the strangest thing. I open my mouth to sing, casually, occasionally, and it sounds like an actual singing voice. My mom said that might happen one day. We sang it in rounds, round and round. We sent blessings to friends and family. I heated up the vegetarian minestrone soup I'd made, just in case she stayed for dinner. Finally, we blessed each other. She said a thousand nice things to me. What did she say? It was too many nice things. I think I didn't absorb them. Something about how hard I work on myself and the incredible results I'm starting to see. How talented I am. Something. I adore you, I said. I love your heart. I do. I love how hard you care, how much you're willing to give. I love how you will never settle, how you'll always try to be better, kinder, more aware. I love how honest you are about your privilege. And I love that no matter what's going on, when we're together, you are present with me. It's magical, and you light up my life, Gail. Well, you calm down mine, she said. Gah, 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 just wait until you spend a weekend with Mommy. You're going to be the calmest Gail alive. And we ate our Shabbos dinner. Now it's Sunday night. I had a really nice weekend. My osteo appointment was just as magical as my massage was. I smoked all the weed. I organized my grown-up pile, sorted through old receipts, put my recipes in order, bought the groceries. I journaled and I wrote and I meditated and I tried not to feel impending doom at the week to come. It's not going to be an easy week. Tomorrow is full-on crazy project. Tuesday is scary project, but it's strategically scheduled for mommy day, so I should be able to handle the emotional load. Wednesday's more full-on craziness, and Thursday's a regular 9 to 5. I sunk into meditation around noon when the anxiety started threatening. Sometimes I have to wait half an hour to get there, or an hour, or I don't reach it at all. But today I just stepped in, right in, onto the seat of awareness. And I saw my anxieties. Etienne, Gail, failing at grown-uping. And carefully, kindly, thoughtfully, I unraveled them. Etienne's still a process. I need to journal, sort old fears from new ones, define boundaries, assess expectations, see us for what we are, and work on acceptance and communication. Gail is a to-the-moon-and-ask-mommy. I love her, but I cannot do her emotional labor for her. Mommy will tell me if there's any way I can help that I'm not already helping, and also how much is too much. And the grown-uping, I could hear the universe laugh at me for that one. Then very softly, right in my ear, the universe whispered, You of all people have earned the right not to fear grown-uping. What, what you've been through? What you've done? And anyway, when have you ever failed? Made mistakes, sure. But you know what you do with mistakes? You fix them. Worst case scenario, this week you fix a mistake. But you know what else? You are the queen of your own happiness palace, and you don't have a goddamn thing to worry about. And then the universe told me I could open my eyes and be a good little girl. I'm a submissive, la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Love, baby girl. <laughs>